All right, and welcome to episode 31 of Come On You Reds, the TorontoFC.ca podcast. My name is Devang Desai of TFC.ca, and I'm joined as always by Mr. Gareth Wheeler. Wheels, how's it going? Did you say this is number 31? 31, man. 31, yeah. Um, This has been a whole lot of fun. Podcast episode number 32 may be huge. Like, we may need to recreate the Blue Jays clubhouse from last <laughs> weekend if, and this could happen this week, Devang, we could see Toronto FC for the first time punch their ticket to the playoffs. It's true. With a little help from uh, our friends in Montreal, if they can get a result against Orlando and TFC take, take cares of business against Philadelphia, that definitely could happen. And yeah. and DC United right. as well. So. Well, it's funny, the way things work this weekend, uh, suddenly home field is no longer a, uh, a pipe dream. I think even second place is in play, but we're getting ahead of ourselves a bit. No, we're, we're not. No, <laughs> no, we're, we're, we're good because uh, this is why I think it's all important to clinch. And I know we might go a little off track and apologies right out of the gate for it's gonna happen. It's completely gonna happen. derailing whatever conversation we're going to have. But this is why with four games to go, three after this weekend, you want to clinch now. So you kind of bury Orlando, you bury New York City FC, and you take aim at DC United. Because TFC has a game in hand on DC, and they are struggling. Well, look what Orlando did this weekend. They beat Red Bulls handily at Red Bull Arena. Look what New York City FC does. They go to Vancouver on that turf and beat the Whitecaps 2-1. With some dubious officiating mixed in there. I think the Whitecaps... Having an argument that second penalty, maybe not so yes. much, but they keep winning. It's funny, the teams that are ahead of TFC right now are the ones that are faltering a bit. Columbus lost, Montreal continues to win, so it's it's kind of bunched up here where from second to sixth in the east, there's not much separating them. The reason the Reds are still in this conversation, not to say they wouldn't be if they didn't beat Chicago, was because they found some 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 push, some fight back after falling behind 41 seconds in. <sighs> And of course, it was Gilberto that scored. If we know anything, if we know anything about BMO Field and former players coming back, they love playing here. I can't remember. I, I was a stat tweeted out. It took however many minutes for Gilberto to score in the triple digits at BMO Field. It took him <laughs> forty-one seconds on his return, and from that point on, those worrying signs of "Oh no, this reminds me of last year against Houston." Could this be happening again? Seba's score is a ridiculous goal. Ridiculous. Crosser shot. It was a shot. The MLS has ruled that it was not Jonathan Osorio's head that got onto Thankfully. it. Seba gets his 20th goal. His goal that sends him into the record books in more ways than one. Then Chicago scores again. And Gilberto scores again. And it's like, what is happening? And then from there on out, I feel like the team's leaders kind of took the reins. First things first, okay, because the Gilberto scoring against Toronto FC brings up that uh, group of fans that will say, oh, you should have never got rid of them. <laughs> you heard it, Devang. Over course, the week. I'm like, are you kidding me? There's no argument where I stand who I would rather have. There's, a polished there's player there's like Jose or, Josie or a... Um, a project like Gilberto. And there's none, but I'm going to say I love the way Gil plays, and I still do. And I think we saw the things that made him a fan favorite in his short time here through that 90 minutes. Really? I, I'm he busts it. He busts it. He works very hard. And with the players he has around him, I don't know if it works with Mike Biggie kind of sitting behind him, but I think if Chicago figures out how they want to attack... He can be an integral piece, but yes, okay. Josie, Josie is the right fit for this team. So he works hard. Right. He's athletic. He jumps high. 
you know what he showed on the weekend that he didn't show in Toronto? Finish. <laughs> you are a striker. Yeah, sure, sure. He is so unreliable. Full credit scoring those two goals. Like, I, I'm not taking those away from him. He was clearly motivated. And full marks to the finish. On the first goal, TFC gave him far too much room. 41 mm-hmm. seconds into the game. It was a breakdown in terms of marking and recovery marking well, that starts, communication. That starts in the midfield too, Starts right? in the middle. But then... Josh Williams, who I think has played very good, by the way, for this TFC team, he kind of got caught in no man's land, and Marky Delgado was slow in recovery. So Gilberto was wide open. And then the second goal, after Michael Bradley was beaten in the midfield, Damian Perkis completely got fooled by Gilberto. And stuff like that happens, but Gilberto was wide open again, snuck yeah. it in near post. It was a really good finish. But those are two defensive breakdowns. And those were really the only two moments of real true defensive worries. Gilberto had another really good opportunity, the header, header, but those were the two where you're looking at, sometimes teams will score on you and you say, you know what, you earned that goal. For me, TFC gave away those two goals. And that's the thing. And the team will admit this, that they need to eradicate and correct as they move on into the playoffs. What we saw after that, Michael Bradley takes the ball from Seba at midfield and basically does it all himself. It was an amazing goal. An amazing goal. It reminded me a bit of that goal against Columbus last year from Mike. And then Josie Altidore with a gigantic goal in the 79th minute. Service from Seba. Fox in the box. A goal scorer's goal. Not the prettiest, but outmaneuvered several players to get to that ball and flick it to the top of the net over John Bush. John Bush, who played very well, in in my opinion. How about this? Another corner kick. Another goal coming right. from the corner. You know, we've been, it was yeah. like a an oasis in the sand where we didn't see it. Now, <laughs> finally, we've reached the water hole. But, you know, three, three points is three points. That was something that Bradley said after the game. And no matter how you get them at this, at this point of the year, it doesn't really matter. As long as you get them. That being said... The way they did it, showing the resolve. I think they've come back from one goal down three times this year, but they had never come back in the second half. Well, that was their fourth fourth win, I believe, coming back from conceding the first goal. Right, but in the second half to come back from being down, they hadn't done it before. Right, and I know they were playing the worst team in the Eastern Conference, a team that was eliminated from playoff contention on Friday. A team that fired their coach a week ago. Still, the way that game played out, in, re- in years prior to Vang, they would have oh, lost sure. that game. Oh, for sure. They would have lost that game. I love the fight in this team. I love how they push back. And this is what good teams do. When you're not necessarily at your best, you find a way to win. And this team just scores goals, man. Like, is there a more dangerous team attacking-wise in MLS? Like, Galaxy yeah. and the combination of Dempsey, Obafem, Oba, Oba, Obafemi Martins in Seattle. Other than that, like... And Toronto FC, those are the three teams. Just on sheer talent alone? Sheer talent. I think I would put Columbus in there and New York City FC now that they're finding their groove. But yes, it's definitely a short list in terms of just guys who can steal goals almost. For me, though, I think the what I take away from this game is like, remember last year against Houston where it was a similar situation where the Reds were still in a playoff spot, no. but they had coming off two losses to Philadelphia. Things are a bit in flux a penalty's missed against Houston. It's a wild game. They end up losing that game. That kind of spelled the end of what they were seeking out to do. Right. If you lose this game in Chicago, Montreal's going to pass you. New York and Orlando both win. Suddenly, the alarm bells are going off. Obviously, this is in hindsight, but three massive, massive points that I can't. I don't think they can be 
underrated in terms of how important that was. No. We look at Sebastian Jovinko. That was a tur- can I can I just stress this? Yeah. That's a turning point, man. It has that to be. is it a has turning to be. point. It has right to be there. because you're right. How many times have we seen this team capitulate in years past in situations like this? And Greg Manny said it this week. The team is weighed down by the the burden of the past, mm-hmm. and it's not the players' faults who are here currently of what happened in the past. But that being said, it's them who can remedy this. And a win like that against Chicago was a big first step. I, I talked about this with Adrian Sirio today. I'm like, you cannot fritter, fritter away important points at this time of the year and keep on saying, well, next week we can clinch. Next week we can clinch. I look back to 2009 and the devastating loss in New York against the Red Bulls on the last day of the season when they Giant could have won. Stadium. Yeah. Anything can happen. That's why you take care of it now. And sure, if they lost to Chicago, they'd still be alive, but they're making their life difficult on themselves. And now this way, if you win this weekend, if you get some help, with all the competitors around you playing, by the way, like the schedule makers have smiled at TFC. They played Chicago having played midweek before they came in. And this coming week, we're doing this podcast on Tuesday, Philadelphia plays on Wednesday night before uh, they play TFC on Saturday. For a cup, the U.S. Open Cup, in a tournament they lost last year in the final. This is a huge game for them. So it remains to be seen how Jim Curtin side will respond in terms of is it a letdown either way, no matter what But for TFC, I mean... It's huge. It's great. It's such an advantage for this team. Everyone's fit. Greg Vanny said that here today. Like His team is as close to full health than it's been since May. Since May, to it's wild. It's wild. Yeah, so th- this is a good thing for for the team. It gives Greg Vanny a headache in terms of selections, but that's a good problem to have. Before we before we end the segment, I want to give a shout out to Jackson, who returned from injury, a mm-hmm. hamstring problem, and he came in against Chicago at right back. I thought Jackson again has played a very f- solid, fluid match, dangerous attacking, but also defensively aware. I, don't, I really think that he's going to be a vital cog. Even though I yeah. thought Marky's done well at right back, I think the preferred right back going forward is Jackson. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Um, I think that I'd rather see Marky at right midfield. Right. Vanny was asked that today as well about, uh, because they've played the start same starting 11 back-to-back games now, whether this is a starting 11. He said more or less, but he was non-committal mm-hmm. because I think that Jackson's your preferred right back and uh, Delgado can slot in to midfield and play on the right-hand side over Robbie Finley. But you also have Finley that can play that position. You have Herc if you want to have more of an attack-minded right-hand side. So there's options there and positive options depending on the time of the match and the game that there is to be played. So, um, But I'm with you on Jackson. Uh, but we can't make Jackson the top red because it, <laughs> it goes to Jovinko because of the record-setting performance. 20 goals, 15 on the season. That was one of the best goals I've seen live. Outside I, of the right foot. He meant that, by the way. This is the kind of stuff he's... He you, meant yeah. that. This is the kind of stuff you try with your friends while you're fooling around on the field being like, this will never work. He caught John Bush off the line. Yeah. Like, I, I keep on watching it back. It's like soccer porn. That, 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 that's what that is. And I'm, if I'm going to give a second top red, it's Oso for yeah. stepping up and saying, you know what, not my goal. Yeah. Like he had to tell MLS yeah. that he wasn't sure if he touched Which is a bit not. wild. The whole, you know, the whole scenario of changing who scored what is a bit strange. 
also did have to tell the league formally that he did not touch the ball, and that's how it was rectified. But Can I say this, too? I would have given Javinko another assist taking the corner kick on Josie's goal like that it, he wasn't given credit for. If anything, you could probably take away his assist on Michael's goal because sure. he touched the ball at midfield. Josie's okay. goal, he was directly involved in. Like exactly. I, don't, I don't understand how that happened. Just one more point on his goal. Forget even trying that. Knowing John John Bush's height and playing off that, and knowing that he had the room to chip that, the amount of thinking that goes into this, and just to process it that quickly, we're lucky. He's the best player to ever play in this league. Greg Vanny said it after the game on Saturday. I think it's pretty clear. Well, there's been some great players who have played in MLS. I'm not going to call him the best player ever. I'm and a- the other reason is because this is one season. And let me preface okay. this. Let me let me walk it back a bit. The best single season we've ever seen. 100%. Okay. Think about immediate impact. And and what how does the story go that players take time to settle in this right. league? I think he and Didier Drogba, 7 goals in 6 games, 5 starts, 2 MLS players of the week. Those two players have turned this league upside down, just in terms of immediate impact. Yep. How big is that game on October 25th going to be? I have a feeling I have a feeling it's going to be real important. That's I, imagine if it's for home field advantage. <laughs> because this DC United team, it's not a podcast episode if I don't say it, <laughs> fraudulent. Frauds. Jeez. All right. Well, They're a good, dumpster it's, fire it's right now, good, buddy. This, this is a good segue into our second segment. We're going to go around the East and kind of measure up where else... TFC's rivals stand, and then we're going to end it with a preview of the Union, who, like we said, have a big, big week in store. This is Benoit Cheroux, and you're listening to Come On Your Words. All right, welcome back to episode 31 of Come On You Reds, the torontofc.ca podcast. For any news, Toronto FC-related videos, head to our site. A lot of content in there with Gareth, Adrian, and Danielle doing a great job providing all the info from the training ground that you might not get to see throughout a week. Wheels, we're getting close to the end. TFC has four games left in the regular season. Uh, I guess what I'm at... Well, my question to you is you've gauged the East pretty well this year. I'm going to give credit where it's due. Thanks, pal. The Red Bulls are in first currently. DC is sliding. Personally, I think Montreal might be the, th- the second or third most dangerous team in this conference Ooh. right now. Your thoughts on that? I don't know about that. I think it's been a nice little run that they've gone on, thanks to Didier Drogba. But Montreal's not the team that scares me. You and I have gone over, with, over this. But hear what I have to say here, because... I like the Revolution. I like the Red Bulls. But this TFC team can climb in the standings. And I want to see how high they can get. It's, to me, it's not just about qualifying for the playoffs. It's about positioning yourself appropriately. Because after this week, they welcome both Columbus and New York to BMO Field. Talk about making this a fortress. If you can pick up points against those teams, I mean, you can climb right up, and you're right in the mix, and you're thinking home playoff dates. Not just getting into the dance, but you're getting there. I think Toronto FC, over the course of this next little run, they can go on a streak here where they can be in the top three. I've said this all along. I like New England the most. I like New York Red Bulls second. Then Toronto FC is equal or better than any other team in the conference. And we're going to learn a lot about Montreal, just to go back to my original point. They play away Orlando, New York City, and 
Colorado in a week, right. all away. So that's that's the gauntlet, and that's what TFC doesn't have to go through because of that opening stretch. And there's no chance that Drogba will play 90 minutes in all those games. No, no. chance. He's no. 37. As, as good as he's been, he's not. He's not Superman. He's just not. Just not possible. In terms of the Reds, though, I, I look at Philadelphia as not a trap game, but just like you said, if you can beat Columbus and New York the narrative changes completely. Because now we're talking about a team that's in control of their own destiny heading into that game against Montreal to end the season where they can possibly clinch a home playoff berth. I want to kind of segue, unless you have something else. Well, I just want to say, I don't think they'll catch the Red Bulls. The Red Bulls have a game in hand on TFC. Yes, I think that's fair to say. But I think that they could catch New England, Columbus, certainly D.C., so that would be huge. Like it, even if you finish in third place and you play the sixth place team, yeah. you would be much more comfortable. Like really, if you can somehow, some way, find yourself in second place, poof. Sure. That I sure. mean, that's the dream scenario. But that's the advantage of having three of your next four games at home. Like really, yeah. th- th- this is this is where all the hardships of starting the season with seven on the road pays off now when it matters the most and when your team's fit and trending in the right direction. Playoffs is the word that's on everyone's mouth Love in Toronto it. right now for a couple reasons. One of them being the Toronto Blue Jays who clinched on the weekend. Do you think? Because I don't know. I'm a big Jays fan myself, and obviously I'm close. No to way. TF- you I, are? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a pretty big fan, and I'm close to TFC obviously <laughs> as well. And I feel like it's been TFC's run has been a bit overshadowed, and I'm not necessarily bitter about that. But I feel like the Re- if the Reds could string off a couple more wins. We'll start to get in that conversation where it's not a one a a one and a one mm. C, it's a one A and a one B. The soccer culture in this town is huge, but again, like we've said all year, they want to believe, but the scars are there. When do those scars remove? Because I think that's the last thing preventing people from fully getting on the bandwagon and watching arguably the best player. It's maybe outside of Josh Donaldson in terms of Sebastian Javinko. People, okay. This is the one thing I kind of don't understand. And maybe it's because TFC is not in first place right Mm. now. But the Blue Jays stunk or were mediocre for 22 years. TFC has struggled for seven years heading heading into this. Okay, So people are willing to extend the olive branch to the Blue Jays because they've won before. Mm. They've won a couple World Series. This is a new experience for TFC. So I think people are naturally going to be more skeptical when it comes to the team. Like, still, I don't know about you and your friends that maybe kind of watch TFC. I think that they are waiting for the bottom to fall out. Like, what's going to happen next? Because they've heard so many different reasons why this team hasn't succeeded. I I think you, you said it perfectly. This team carries the weight of of other teams past on their shoulders. The Blue Jays don't carry that weight. No. I don't I don't think they carried that weight at all. And I think there was enough fresh blood who's come in over this exceptional two month run where they've gone on a streak where their winning percentage is something like seven thirty. Like something wow. ridiculous. TFC's not there yet because they haven't gone on that extended winning streak. But soccer's not a game like that. Baseball, you play every day. Yeah. Soccer, you play once a week. So your last impression will be a lasting impression for a week. So it's not apples to apples for me. They're different scenarios. But you better believe it if this team goes on a run here and becomes a front runner in the Eastern Conference. People will jump on board and jump on quick. And I, for one, will welcome them. 
I usually use my, my use my uh, parents as a gauge of uh, what they're following in the Toronto sports scene. Your they're, parents, they're they're fans, okay. but they don't pay nearly enough attention because why would they? Really, they don't. <laughs> they're not diehards. But my mom is mentioning Sebastian Javinko to me now. I'm like, what? I'm like, are you kidding me? And this is great. And like friends who follow soccer very peripherally are texting me about Seba and Josie and like what happened on Saturday. These are all good signs. But like you said, the Jays pulled off a ridiculous end to their season. An absolutely ridiculous end. If the Reds want to get into that lexicon in terms of people are waiting for every game right. in, in such in a state of like euphoria... Do There's you, some more work to be done. They do you think s- they're buzzing like this if they're in the second wild card spot? Definitely like I, 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 definitely I, not. I think that there still is excitement, but there there's more nervousness and like than for anything, ex- right? For example, imagine they started off the year this way and they kind of backed their way into that second yeah. wild card spot. We're probably not seeing the same hype, but just the way they've done it. Again, TFC has a chance. Say you beat Philadelphia. Say you beat Columbus. And again, if we're looking way deeper, say you beat the Red Bulls. What a statement that is. Right. And how could you not get excited? The ball, it's everything is in TFC's hands, which you couldn't really say in the past, if you know what I mean. And Control their own destiny. And like in front of your fans, that final game being a derby match where you have a lot of fans who are traveling for that game, it sets up kind of perfectly to kind of put an axe in that demon of yesteryear once and for all. I just want to party with TFC supporters. I, I want to party once they clinch the playoffs. I want to be there. I don't know if it'll be this weekend, which is kind of weird because they could win. And dep- I think well, Orlando game, plays Saturday night. They do, so, so you, they wouldn't know yet. They wouldn't know yet. So you, you go to the pub after, <laughs> yeah, yeah. watch the game. I don't know if it, how it will be available. You got to track down that game somehow because right. you could be celebrating come Saturday night. I think it'll be on TVA because they do much, most of the Impact games, and they'll have that Orlando game because they're playing them. But do you want to provide the translation? I'll try. I, I watched it last week and I was struggling. My grade eight French is no longer what it used to be. It's like "et le bout." That's what the one thing I get. And Drogba, yeah. which you, that translates yeah. well. I guess final point on this segment: the fans and like the guy, like uh, Chicago game, Emmanuel, who comes from Malta, who's like a diehard TFC fan and would message us every single game. <laughs> Like, I'm watching this at 3 o'clock in the morning. Like, can't wait to see it. He came down to BMO Field for the Chicago match. Really? So stoked to be here. I'm like, if if people like this are still along for the ride, man, man, I cannot wait to see them fully enjoy right. enjoy the, the happiness that comes with getting into a spot like there, that. There might be some tears. And there, there, should, it should be. There, there should be. There was one other thing that I wanted to bring up because – consistently across MLS, and our listeners are probably frustrated with this as well. Oh, how good is the Western Conference? How bad is the East? How often is that brought up? A lot. The sixth and final team in the Western Conference right now is Portland. They're on 44 points. The sixth team in the Eastern Conference is on 42. So just a four-point difference. Like, even the top of the Western Conference, the Galaxy are on 50, Vancouver's on 48, the Red Bulls are on 48. So... There's parity across this league. I'm not looking at it East and West now because the East, those teams that are trying to make the playoffs, they're on some kind of run right now. Orlando crushing New York in Kansas City. Who wants to like play? Who New York wants, City beating Vancouver? Who wants to play New York City FC right now? No one. No. With those three they, guys going? With those three guys exactly. going right Exactly. Nobody and, wants and to play them. This will maybe, I think if you're New York, you understand that you're an expansion team and it's been a really good season. 
But it's got to be somewhat disappointed that Pirlo and Lampard joined so late. And then, They're playing from the start of the year. Oh, it's yeah. a different story, oh, yeah. right? So the Eastern Conference is good. Don't let that Joe Schmo tell you that the <laughs> West is so much better than the East because it's not factually correct. I love it. All right. Wheels, Philadelphia Union, another game on the docket, another should win game, like we've said all year. We'll pre- tee it up following the break. This is Nick Haglin, and you're listening to Come On You Reds. Follow the club on Twitter at Toronto FC and use hashtag TFC Live to follow the action on game days. We're back for our final segment of episode 31 Philadelphia Union. Sitting outside the playoff race, they have a massive, massive game on Wednesday. Depending on when you listen to this, it'll already have happened. I think either way, you're going to expect them to spend a lot of emotional energy in a match that they didn't win in that same final last year against Seattle. They made it to extra time and fell after Clint Dempsey and Oba Martin scored twice, one each, sorry, to power Seattle to the win at PPL Park, adding to the misery of Philadelphia's fans. Jim Curtin had his players stay out and watch a celebration, mm. hoping they'd learn something from that. They're in the same place, PPL Park, in the final, this time at Sporting KC. No matter what happens in this game, I feel like they are going to come into, into Toronto spent. And it's up to TFC to turn the gears right off the whistle and do the opposite of what happened against Chicago. It's tough to preview this TFC game because we don't know who's going to be available coming out of Wednesday. Like, it's really tough for me. The one thing that I can say is that goalkeeping was a massive issue earlier in the season for Philadelphia. Andre Blake, I believe, made 10 saves last weekend in a 1-1 draw. Man of the match performance. And one, was of the best, very good. one of the best goalkeeping performances of the year. And he's improved over the season and kind of solidified that position. So that's the one area that they're improved. I still don't really rate Philadelphia. They're a defensive team. They haven't got enough goals on the year. Um, it's going to be very similar to Chicago coming in. Like Philadelphia is not making the playoffs. What what are they playing for? Like th- their their championship final is Wednesday night. It's not Saturday in Toronto. Yep. They play very similarly to how Chicago plays in Colorado, where they're tight defensively yep. and they'll they'll wait for the counter and kind of push you in a mistake. But that's basically how you can describe most teams in this league without a, a true game breaker up mm-hmm. front. So it is what it is. Like I'm I don't. Both contests this year, TFC's come away with a win. They beat them at PPL Park from Sebastian Jovinko's beautiful free kick, and then they came back to BMO Field and beat them 2-1. Of course, Connor Casey had to get his obligatory goal, which he seems to get any... It's with that guy. Man, I, I expect him to score on Saturday. Well, I bet it'll be like a 3-1, 3-2 result. But when he plays in Toronto, you have to call him Casey Connor. <laughs> because of the MLS That's Cup right. final when That's he was right. MVP. It was he was like the the guy. Remember the guy in the World Series, like technology and stuff for the MVP with Madison Madison Bumgarner. That guy was the technology and stuff guy before that I guy le- I legit, existed. I legit see uh, Connor Casey at like Lamport Stadium every Sunday night playing, and I'm like, is that him? Because like I swear, he reminds me of a guy who plays beer league and is just so good. No no justification. He just has the knack. And he does it in a professional league. We got to get that guy in the pod. We do. It's the dream. The dream. Maybe the post postseason uh, special phone in edition of uh, Come On You Reds. Wheels, it's, you're right. It's tough to preview what to expect from Philadelphia. I expect they rested a bunch of guys against New England mm-hmm. and still came with a, a draw and a tough place to play, which is impressive in itself. 
I think we're going to see a lineup that is reflective of what happens on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Again, though, this is more about TFC than it is them. And this is about owning owning teams that you should own at home, owning teams that have really nothing to play for, where you have everything to play for. What's the line that we always use? Should, should win. win. And this, is, should win this fits the, the mold almost entirely. It is entirely a should-win game. I'm joking about Connor Casey scoring, even though it would not surprise me because who who knows? We're getting closer to Halloween, getting in October. You never know. <laughs> 3-1, comfortable win for the Reds, your prediction. I, I have a long-standing, can I say bet? Yeah. Yeah, I... Yeah, I don't know why people pretend that they don't bet. Like it's a friendly I'm, bet. I'm gambling right now with a guy that uh, was with a product, a guy on the production team with Toronto FC, right? Um, and d- does did some stuff with Gold TV now, and does some stuff with MLSE. I made up a bet that TFC would score over 55 goals this season. I went 55. Right now they're on 52. I want to get this thing signed, sealed, and delivered this weekend. I'm going to go one more. 4 nothing. TFC, wow. an emphatic home victory against a Philadelphia Union team. I'm not expecting much of this Saturday. A win for the Reds and some cash in your pocket. It's the perfect the perfect Saturday. Dream scenario. <laughs> All right. A couple of housekeeping notes. 10,000 General Bradley t-shirts. If you haven't seen the comic yet on torontofc.ca, it's awesome. Check yeah, it out. cool. So 10,000 shirts being given away to the first 10,000 people. Get there early. Kickoffs at 5 p.m. I cannot stress to you enough how much getting there early is important. Not just so you don't miss the game, but the players feel it. They talk about it. It's something that's regarded as an important thing for them when they see the stands full when they enter the field. It creates a vibe that is unmatched. Greg Vanny talked about the chills he gets when he hears the Canadian anthem before a game when the crowd sings it. So get there early as you can. Plan for traffic accordingly. I know Toronto doesn't make it easy all the time, but that's about it for us. We also anything else to add? It's 5 p.m., right? 5 p.m. Eastern, that's right. I don't know why it would be Western, but it's Eastern, it's, it's, yeah. It's a dinner time. It is, and, and the Jays aren't in town. They're they're finishing up their regular season's hands, so the traffic should be okay. So it'll be a treat, and then a bye, and then it gets into the, the real, and, and, and the do, flex time. And do you know what the thing is? It's going to be fall football. It's going down to the to the low to Perfect. mid-teens. Perfect. Um, the season has turned, so um, I actually like this. I always love playing this time of the year. I played uh, collegiately university soccer uh, in this country, and this would be our really the main part of our season. So I, I love the conditions. I love what it's all about. Quintessential Canadian football coming up this Saturday, and let's hope come Saturday night there's one massive party in this city celebrating a Toronto FC playoff qualification playoff spot for the first time ever. I'm 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 excited already. I think it's going to happen this weekend. That's that's the football gods are listening. Let's hope. All right. Don't spite me, football <laughs> gods. Don't spite me. They've done it before. Trust me. On behalf of I'm, Garrett, I'm a Man United supporter too. Okay, wow. so wow. I think I think Wait TSC's history and Manchester wow. United's history is evened out. I'm like Seinfeld. Lose even, twenty bucks, get twenty well, bucks. That's okay. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. Enough. Of, we gotta end this now oh, before sorry. I lose it. Before I lose it on this United fan. For Garrett and myself, thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you guys next week.